Hello, everyone, and welcome to the um, post-May Day edition of the Monday Check-In. My name is Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, post-May Day Monday Check-In. I like that, Damon. <laughs> it's the post-May Day pre... June day or pre mother's day, which will fall on Sunday this year. Yeah. (laughs) That'd probably be a better one. Damon, do you have a plan (laughs) to do something nice for your mother for mother's day? I don't need to, I don't need to plan to do something nice for mother's day. I'm just doing nice things for mother all the time. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) Do you refer to your mom as mother? Uh, She's in my phone as mother Heitman. Mother Heitman. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like directly address her as mother. Okay. Um, just mom usually. But when you're talking um, about her. Yeah. Like that's like a title. That's a Southern thing that she has is. Yeah. When I was in uh, Atlanta, a lot of people would refer to their mom as mother. Well, mother, da, 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 da. That was like a very common thing there that I had not experienced up until that point. Right. So you'd fit right into the South, Damon. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get some boxes packed. Let's go. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, they got rid of all those ones uh, from the Peace Center. So I don't, shoot, I guess I won't be able to do that. I guess you can't move. Darn. <laughs> uh, so the Monday check-in for those who don't know, Greg and I hop on to here. We chat a little bit. We preview the scripture or scriptures that we're going to use for the upcoming worship service. This upcoming worship service, as Greg mentioned, falls on Mother's Day, uh, at least in the contiguous United States. I don't know about Alaska and Hawaii. Um, I don't know. So, so we'll preview those scriptures. We'll have a chat about those, what they might mean, what they might mean for us, what they might mean for the church. And then we switch gears a little bit and talk about sort of life of First Pres Hastings, what's going on, uh, what folks might want to be aware of, how folks can be involved in, in the living out of the faith in that sort of a way. So uh, we did not discuss who is going to do the opening prayer, but I think it's my turn. So there we go. Let's join together in a moment of prayer. Loving, gracious God, thank you for the indwelling of your son, Jesus the Christ, thank you for the indwelling of your presence, the Holy Spirit, for your very breath, uh, which comes to us and animates us and moves us. And thank you for the calling forth of your church and its disciples in the world. Thank you also for the opportunity to gather and to discuss and to ponder and to question and to meditate on your holy word your holy word that has echoed throughout the years, throughout the decades and centuries within the hearts and minds and lives of your servants. Let us be within that lineage. Grant your presence to us in this hour as we gather to study your word. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we have two bits of scripture uh, for this coming Sunday, and they continue the uh, Johannine emphasis as, as has been the lectionary way the past several weeks. The first comes to us from John 15, the Gospel of John, at chapter 9, 
uh, not chapter nine, chapter 15, verses nine through seven. Let's, uh, let's place this in the context before you read it, though. Okay. And I don't know entirely why the lectionary readers or lectionary compilers did this, but uh, this is actually Jesus' discourse to his disciples on the night of his arrest, correct? Yes. And so um, even though we are in the season of Easter and we're celebrating Christ's resurrection, the lectionary authors have gone back and uh, are having us read through uh, what is a multi-chapter discourse uh, on the night of Jesus' rest that starts with uh, Jesus instituting the Lord's Supper, the last or the Last Supper, uh, Jesus doing foot washing, and then he spends uh, three chapters talking to his disciples and also praying for and with his disciples. And so this falls right in the middle of that. Um, last week, had we used the John passage, it would have been his discourse on I am the vine and you are the branches. Again, preparing his disciples for what life looks like um, after his death and resurrection. And then we jump into this, which is a continuation of the vine and the branches discourse. But you're going to hear repetitive themes that come up starting from um, the Last Supper and the foot washing through this discourse up until his arrest and betrayal and, and death and resurrection. Is that about right? Seems about right to me. All right. Uh, so John 15 verses 9 through 17. And this is Jesus speaking. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. And that's uh, where that reading ends. Uh, and then we also have uh, selected verses from the epistle, 1 John uh, chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. And that reads in this way. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born, born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commands. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. There ends that reading as well. Greg, what do you got? You know, Jesus uh, 
discourse in John chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 is, uh, is interesting and so firmly grounded in this call to love, right? Um, we mentioned that uh, this begins with uh, this, this portion of the gospel, John begins with the Lord's Supper and then the instituting of foot washing, which we celebrate on Maundy Thursday. And we call it Maundy Thursday because of that Latin word, Maundy, like mandate, which is a commandment. Because as Jesus is instituting this act of foot washing, he says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you right? This is the new commandment. And then it comes up right here again in 15 verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you, directly repeating what he had said as he instituted foot washing. And then 15, 17, I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Um, so Jesus has a, a reason for repetition. Uh, and so it's important for us to reflect on that. And I think pay attention, perk our ears up when we hear the same phrases repeated over and over again. Uh, why is that? And what does that mean for us in terms of how we live our faith and how we live our lives? And um, yeah. Yeah, and this, um, this gets repeated at the end of John's gospel. Uh, Jesus uh, shows up and uh, has a conversation with it's Peter, isn't it? It is. Um, it says, if you love me, uh, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. <laughs> Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter, do you love me, though? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. If you love me, feed my sheep. Um, that sort of, if you love me, then then carry out my commandment, uh, my commandment to love others uh, as you have been loved. There's also this strong sense that that the love is this sort of connective tissue for the community of believers, right? And um, the love shown between faithful disciples is the thing that keeps them connected to one another. It's also the thing that keeps them connected to God, right? Um, which is why this comes after the, uh, we get all this abiding language. Um, abide in me as I uh, abide in my father and the father will abide in you. I am the branch. You, uh, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Um, th there's this, um, the, the, it's the love that is, that is the sinews, right? Is, is the connecting all of these sorts of things, uh, together and, and holding things, um, holding things at the center in some way. I think you've given me a title for my sermon, Damon, Love as Ligaments. Uh, I really, I like that image. Uh, I think that's a powerful image, uh, love as connective tissue. We, um, before serving First Press Hastings, I worked uh, in the denominational headquarters as the general manager for Presbyterian World Mission. And we used to talk about what, what role do our Presbyterian missionaries play? Um, and, and we shifted our paradigm. We, we said generally, they're not bringing the gospel to the people because in most places where they work, God is already there. Well, in all places where they work, God is already there. But in many places where, where they work, the gospel has at some point been presented in those places. Um, and so then what is their role as missionaries if they're not bringing the gospel to the people? 
and we came up with that same image that our, our missionaries, uh, we initially said bridge builders, right? They, they build a bridge between the U.S. church and the global church. But uh, bridges, bridges get stepped on, right? Bridges get crossed. <laughs> right. And um, we didn't want to put our mission workers in, a, in, a, in an image of, of being trampled on. Um, and so we came up with this idea of, of ligaments or connective tissue um, that they are, they, they, they bind the global church together and they do that through the way that they love, uh, the way that they enact God's love in the world as missionaries by going out and serving and loving. And they're not only loving the global church, but they're also this connective tissue between the global church and the U S church. And that connection is the love that these mission workers pour into their ministries. And so I really love uh, that that idea, that image that you came up with, Damon, because that was that was one that we we played around with a lot uh, when we thought about what what is our role as we go out into the world, as whether it's go and serve on a short term mission trip like our church does every summer, uh, or or just when we walk out the doors of our house or or our, our office buildings, um, mm-hmm. and it is to love one another, and that through that love we connect with others we connect with god that's uh yeah it also makes me think about the um the prayer the prayer list and the prayer chain um it the prayer list that gets put in the bulletin every week uh, of folks who have asked for prayers from the community that to pray on behalf of someone is an act of love right it's um and it's a thing that it draws us into connection and into community um, with others, whether we see them on a daily basis, whether we haven't seen them for months or years, right? Whether we don't really even know who they are. (laughs) We just know their name on on the sheet. Uh, And whether we know what's going on for them or what's not, that the act of praying on behalf of someone is a loving act and, and the loving act connects us to one another through, through God in that way. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, enacting is another verb that I like that you use there. Uh, the fact that love is, is active. Love is a verb, right? It's, it's not a sentimental, emotional feeling, right? We have mother's day coming up. And so we're encouraged to love our mothers and and we think about hearts and cards and that sort of thing. And, And those are, those are good things. Uh, but, uh, the love that Jesus is calling us to goes beyond that into this active and, and Jesus says it right here, right? That mm-hmm. uh, no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is a self-sacrificial love. This is a love that gives of ourself in a way that um, tries to enact that love in the world uh, in the same way that Jesus modeled for us. Yeah, there's an interesting emphasis on action also in verse, uh, I just had it, verse 14 of the gospel. Um, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Uh, it's, it's not you are my friends if you believe in me. Uh, it's not you are my friends if you agree with what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, you are my friends if you do what I, if you live this out. Um and that and living it out looks different for everybody, right? And and it, and it looks different for different settings and situations and and cultures and places in life. Setzen Leben, I believe, is the German. Um, but 
but the, the emphasis on doing, on acting <laughs> it out. Um, and if I was a really, really curious biblical scholar, uh, I would look up the word friends in this passage, and I would be curious uh, what, what the Greek is implying uh, there in, in total. Um, so maybe some of our listeners are very, very curious <laughs> biblical scholars, and they can look it up. But I think yeah. like, you, you might be able to make a really interesting sermon uh, about friendship from this passage and what does it mean to be friends? Uh, we talk about being friends in Christ, um, not infrequently. Um, and what, what does that mean? Yeah. We know friends aren't, they're not supposed to keep secrets. Apparently uh, <laughs> you're my friends because I've, I've told you everything. <laughs> you know, everything I know Jesus says, so uh, you must be my friends. Yeah. Yeah, and that 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 the short discourse on friends, right? Greater love has no love than, or no one has greater love than this to lay down his life for the friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. Right? All the secrets are gone. You know everything. It's uh, it's powerful stuff there. I. Uh, yeah, and I, I wonder if our uh, beloved congregation is going to get tired of us preaching on this theme of love. I hope not. It's kind of the center of the gospel. Um, and But it is something uh, that comes up a lot because it comes up in scripture a lot. And then also because I think uh, Damon and I, when it, it does come up in scripture, we find ourselves drawn to those particular passages um, and wanting to expound on those because uh, it's something that both, well, I, I won't speak for you, Damon, but certainly that I find compelling uh, as part of what it means to live out our faith. And I felt like we heard some of that lived love in action, uh, particularly this last week when the confirmants shared their statements of faith. Um, that was a pretty powerful experience and it was great to see the impact that uh, that growing up in this faith community has had on them, particularly on the way that they feel called to love. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, my gosh, they did a great job, didn't they? Oh man, <laughs> powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, I mean, they must have had some good teachers and mentors uh, as well. I I believe. And isn't that part of this extension of love that we're talking about? You know, there are Sunday school teachers that have poured hours of volunteer time into them and there are confirmation mentors who sat with them and uh, wrestled with their questions and doubts with them. And certainly Steph Brader, who leads our confirmation class, uh, she does it with such love and care. And uh, again, that's, that's the love being poured into them. And uh, what you could tell this weekend was that it overflowed. Right, mm -hmm. so much love was poured into them that they were able to overflow and share that love as well, and uh, that's kind of the same as God's love for us, right? God loved us so much and poured so much love into us that that really should just overflow from us out into the world, so that we, and that's exactly what the passage was uh, from First John that we read last week, right? We love because God first loved us, um, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, if folks. Um... If folks missed Sunday and didn't get a chance to hear those um, statements of faith, uh, I would I would really highly recommend people go to the, you can find the worship service on our Facebook page 
right? and on our YouTube page. I just uploaded it to YouTube uh, okay. today because I think it's uh, that important to get out there. Uh, and so both our, our church's Facebook page and our church's YouTube page will have the uh, confirmands sharing their statements of faith. Yeah, and I, um, just the way that the service works out, I, I was like the first thing after, I was the first person to say something after the statements of faith. And that was to get us all to join in an affirmation of faith. And I said something to the effect of that, um, what a benefit I felt that it was um, to be able to hear and receive their statements of faith. Um, and the, as a completely and totally honest <laughs> statement, there, there was a lot um, for me to, to think about and, and ponder on in what the and what the confirmands shared. So um, I don't know, Greg, you think this will preach? I think it'll probably preach, Damon. Okay. Well, into, into your hands, we entrust it. <laughs> let's, uh, let's update folks on what's going on in the life of our church. So uh, with Christian Ed, uh, we have officially ended our uh, Christian Ed year, uh, the strangest Christian Ed year I've ever been a part of in any church since... Uh, since I can remember. Um, but part of that strangeness was also tied up in uh, Steph Brader pivoting and doing remote Christian ed for our children and youth uh, this whole year, uh, along with some wonderful volunteer Sunday school teachers, an act of love. Um, so the last Christian ed lesson was posted uh, on for Sunday, May 2nd. And then this Wednesday, May 5th, we're going to have a picnic in Libs Park to celebrate our Christian Ed year. It'll be the first time we will have all met together in person. Anyone from the church is invited to join us for the picnic, particularly uh, our children and youth from pre-K through 12th grade and their families, but really anyone can come down and have fun. It's uh, playtime from 5.30 to 6.30 in Libs Park, and then the supper from 6.30 to 7.30, and a celebration of our incredible um, children's ministries and uh, Christian Ed program. So. That's what's going on with that. Uh, adult Christian Ed is uh, wrapping up for the season as well, right? Uh, no more forums for the rest of the year. We're starting to plan what we're going to do in the fall. That is um, that is correct. And then Air as a Parent is still meeting for a few more weeks. That's our adult ed small group. Uh, you are always welcome to join that group. They meet both via Zoom and in person here in the church. So come talk with us about how to do that. Uh, what else? Uh, Vacation Bible School is coming up. It's June 1st through the 3rd. Uh, it's uh, in the morning on June 1st through the 3rd, I believe. Uh, 9 to 12, does that sound about right? So if folks uh, have kids or grandkids or friends of kids that uh, think would enjoy VBS, uh, please sign up online. Assume there's still time to sign up online. And so we're still a month away, but it is coming up. And in particular, I think that we are in need of volunteers uh, to help make that a go. It is a joint venture this year with First United Methodist Church. It's going to be held outside in the grassy space area, uh, just on the north side of the Masonic Center. So uh, if you would like to volunteer some time to hang out with kids, um, please do so. I uh, can... I assume there's a way to do that online, but I don't know. But just call yes. the church. Go, uh, or call the church or staff. go to our church's website and go to Children's Ministries, and there's a link to sign up to volunteer. 
as well as to get your kids signed up for VBS. Uh, with worship, you all know that we restarted in-person worship on February 28th. Uh, it's been going pretty well. Um, for the month of March, we did an RSVP system. Uh, we scrapped that so far and uh, for April and May, and we're going to continue that way. Um, and so just come if you want to come to worship. Uh, we are observing social distancing and face masks are required, but all are welcome to join us in person. And we're still doing at-home worship with our Facebook live stream, as well as our radio and television broadcast. So uh, lots of ways to join us for worship on Sundays. Um, our sanctuary can seat about 150 people with uh, social distancing. And uh, we've been averaging in the 75 to 100 range. Although this Sunday, uh, we were right at 150 uh, and it worked. Uh, so we hope you will join us in person. If you're not feeling safe coming inside a building with people, even with social distancing and masks, that's okay. Join us online and mark your calendars for May 30th, which will be our outdoor worship service in Alexander Park. Uh, it's a joint worship service with First United Methodist Church. Their pastor, Greg, is retiring in mid-June, and so this will be our last chance to worship uh, with the First United Methodist Church with Pastor Greg at the helm, um, and so he and I are going to do have a fun joint sermon there, and then we'll invite you to bring a picnic basket and uh, stay afterwards, spread out on the Alexander Park lawn, and uh, enjoy some fellowship and a picnic with your family, again, safely socially distanced and all that stuff, but uh, outdoors, and uh, we're excited about that, so... And then after that, we'll start our summer stuff. Uh, this summer, we plan on doing our children's literature sermon series. So if folks have, well, we're kind of all set, aren't we, for the books that we're going to use? Did you get your last book? You had one more that you needed I to did. Buy. Yeah, I, I picked one out. I, all right. I put it in there. So then, then if you have book suggestions, send them to us. We'll put them in the queue for next year. But this year, I think we've got our, uh, our, yeah. our set. Or maybe we'll maybe we'll read them and chat about them like in a podcast or something. Or I like knows. that idea. <clears throat> so yeah, but if you got ideas, yeah, send them our way. Not a problem. And then also we will be doing the summer sermon song series as well. So if you have uh, some secular songs that you think might make for an interesting sermon, uh, what we do is we we listen to some secular songs, and we sort of pick out the sacred themes that we hear in them or notice or observe in them and use that as a way of organizing our worship for, for part of the summer. So if you've got a song that you think, oh, this, is, this might make for an interesting sermon, or I'd like to see if they can pull anything out of this one, uh, send that our way, and, and we'll see what we can do with them. All right. Any other announcements we need to share? Uh, not that's everything on the list. All right. Let's uh, let me close us with a word of prayer. Gracious and loving God, thank you. We thank you for uh, for this podcast, for a year of being able to connect with our church members and others who are interested uh, in studying scripture and hearing about what's going on in the life of the church. Thank you for uh, Pastor Damon and the ways that he figured out how to do this. And we ask that you continue to bless and guide this work so that it ultimately brings glory to you, God, and also helps people grow in their faith and grow more deeply in their understanding of you through the study of your holy word. Continue to bless and guide the work of First Presbyterian Church as we seek to shine the love and light of 
Love and Light of Christ in Hastings from our little corner here on 7th and Lincoln, so that all may come to know your saving love and grace through the work and the love of our church members. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. With all of those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.